Welcome to From the Bleachers, the only podcast that recognizes that Real Housewives is a sport in which the women are competing for additional seasons of play and social media fame. Today, we are analyzing the plays made in season four, episode 15. Yes, 15 of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm Sandra. And I am Mandy, and this episode is Swimming with the Fishes. Swimming with the Fishes, see? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we really ought to address the elephant in the room, which is what everyone who is listening to this podcast is thinking about was the trailer for the finale, which airs Mm. January 2nd. Yes, that's why I was. That's why I got tripped up on the episode number because my in my head I'm like episode sixty because I've been looking up the schedule. Right? Like, when is it? When are we going to watch? You know, and uh, yep. but no, this is we're not there yet. This is episode fifteen. So slow my roll. It looks like, but we'll see because you know what they can do with cut ups and trailers. But it looks like the finale is really going to kind of like turn everything on its head, and there will be like yes. a clear villain coming out of the season. Yeah, I'm, I am, I hope it's not the obvious thing. Like, I hope it is not what we hear about in the outside world Mm. and the the person they won't, that apparently none of the other housewives want to film with again, because then that would sort of take the wind out of the sails. So I'm not going to talk about that. (laughs) I'm not going to talk about the outside world. We're going to stay in our little world, starting with our recap. Yes. So first we get some scenes from previously in the season. We see Whitney packing Heather's book for the Bermuda trip. We see they're in Bermuda. It's Monica's birthday. Monica plays her PTC that her family canceled on her and she believes it was Vovo's doing. Lisa tells Angie that Meredith is accusing her of being in the Greek mafia. And then we see Angie launching confrontation play at Meredith at the pirate dinner and Lisa joining in and telling her she's done and sick of her doing this mean shit to all of us. And then we get our lovely choir music, but not with shots of Salt Lake City, but with shots of Bermuda. And we see we are on Bermuda day three. Everyone is waking up and we get various shots of their morning activities, including Nani or Nanny, Nani the butler is serving Lisa on her balcony and he says, another Bermudaful day. It is a Bermudaful day. And (laughs) and she like sort of tries to do his accent and halfway through, I feel like she realizes like, oh, that's not good. (laughs) I should speak in my normal voice. Monica is producing tears while reading cards and notes from her kids. And one of the kids wrote to her that they hope she has a good time. And P.S. Please don't get arrested. That's a kid who knows their mom. (laughs) I I thought that might be foreshadowing some lawyer at play too. I know. Well, you know, one of the things that we can talk about later is Monica comes to us through Jen Shaw, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... I have thoughts that I'll discuss later when we discuss the teaser for for the finale. And we've never really gotten Monica's take on the Jen Shaw stuff. We also, what I really feel like we're missing from Monica is we've never, she's never like gone deep to talk about the affair she had on her husband with her, 
Like she just goes like, I fucked my brother-in-law, but there's never any, like, this is what this, that was like, that's what, you know, this was what was behind right. it. And like, I would really love to have more insight into that before we lose her as a player on the game. It's possible <laughs> that we are only getting the surface on Monica. <laughs> yeah. Well, on some things we get underneath, but yeah, it's yeah, yeah. not on the things that make her a villain. Right. So then Heather asks Monica on a walk on the beach. And so they are walking on their beautiful Bermuda pink sand beach. I hesitate to call this a walk. This was more a like, let's go stand on the beach in front of our house. <laughs> Stroll. Do you think Heather's hat also doubles as a bucket purse? Because it has like, <laughs> like that super, it was like the plastic long strap shady i thought it was cute i thought it was a cute hat. i thought it was super <laughs> i have an exclamation point heather's green bucket purse hat because <laughs> i really liked it but and she and it doubles as a purse exactly Amazing. so she immediately she immediately plays an apology so we're we're getting into action right away we're pulling out our apology play rubric which is on a five point scale she says Last night, I'm sorry I lost my temper. And we get a little flashback to them fighting over at the dinner over who is more single. And she says, I think I was just tired and mad and I really apologize and I didn't want to ruin your birthday. I hope it didn't. It was a lot last night and I'm sorry I contributed to it. And I immediately thought in this moment, Mandy, that you called that Heather was irritable. You said it yesterday. You're like, I feel like the the exhaustion and everything is is getting to her. It she's caught irritable. up with her. Her day yes. two, she was just a little more irritable. Yep. Yes. So I rated this one. I gave her a one for accountability, a one for specificity, and a one for impact for a for three points overall. I gave her a one for accountability, a one for being specific, a one for acknowledging the impact. And I sort of, I felt like, I felt like, is this getting too granular to give like a 0.25? I sort of felt like there was a little <laughs> bit of a committing to fix and a little bit of a check-in, but not quite a half point for those. Yeah. Because like further on in the conversation, they're both yeah. kind of talking about how they want to move on. I didn't give it because it's it wasn't like. It wasn't like, I am going to be, you know, there was no, like, I am going to be more careful with my emotions with you going forward. Like, I don't know. Right. It, was, it was more just like, we want to move on from this. Let's move on. Like that was, it was kind of empty to me. There was a lot of that, this episode, a lot of yeah. people are like, you know what? I don't need a full real apology. Like, let's just move on. I'm yeah, tired yeah, yeah. of this, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So I'm giving it, I'm giving it a 3.5 overall because I'm going to like, I'm going to merge my 2.5s for commit to fix and check-in <laughs> into one half point. So that's a 3.5 right now. And we'll just see where that goes. Okay. Okay. I gave her three. I'm curious. Is the three your final? That's my, that's my final final, even with all the stuff that comes next. But tell me, oh, tell I... me what you're, tell me what you were thinking on it. Or do you want to wait till I... I cover more? No, well, I'm just going to say that a 3.5 is not my final. That's you that's her positive points, but there's going to be some deductions from okay. the Russian judge. I am now the Russian judge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then Monica plays an apology immediately afterwards, and she says, okay, look, we're getting to know each other, right? 
So we're learning things about each other literally every single day. And now I know that certain topics are not up for discussion. And I apologize for that. I don't want to freaking be in that place with you. You've been incredible. Like, seriously, Heather. Heather says, then let's not be in that place. Monica says, I'm sorry. I did not mean to whatever. Heather says, I think there was just a lot going on yesterday, but let's just know ours was nothing and just move on and enjoy the trip. And at some point in there, there's a hug. And I think Heather initiated the hug. There was a lot of, it felt like it started on the bus and you came at me from Heather. Yes. Before Monica's apology. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So she starts to get into that and that's where my deduction is. So she got a negative one for her qualifier. This is Heather. My Mm 3.5 is now a 2.5. And she started to get a little pissy about it. Like there was a little bit of fire and anger in the way she was talking to Monica about it. So I took off another point for tone. So what started out as a very nice apology got down to a 1.5. On my scale. So okay. I'm now okay. I'm becoming the Russian judge. <laughs> so here's how I felt about it. Cause yes, she did. See, I felt like her apology was done at that point when she says, I'm sorry, I contributed to it. She took accountability for her behavior. And then when, as Monica started to dive into it, I feel like there's a fine line between making an excuse and explaining your behavior like an explanation versus an excuse. And I felt like Heather rode that okay. And I think you can hold yourself accountable for your wrongdoing in something and still hold someone else accountable. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're blaming the other person for your behavior. So I think she was like, I reacted totally wrong and I apologize. And then when they moved on, she was like, I also now need to hold Monica accountable and because I need an apology for that. And I did. I felt like it was separate and I feel like it's a fine line. And so sometimes it's hard to be like, okay, is it, like an excuse is it blaming or yeah you know but i felt like she rode that okay and maybe it's just because i like heather and like some of this grading is subjective let's be honest but <laughs> so we need we need to assign all of our housewives just a number code and turn them over and disguise their voices so we can't tell who did the <laughs> who apology what, yeah I, I would definitely agree with that theory, but I disagree that Heather wrote the line. I think, mm. I think it was enough on the heels and I, I felt there was enough in Heather saying like, but bitch, you started it. <laughs> like, that's kind of what it felt like to me. Okay. Um, but I feel overall, and, and, and we'll talk about this too. Like Heather's like, she's the mafia boss of this crime family. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah well what did well so what did you give monica i gave her a, a one I, go ahead sorry i just asked you and then i started talking about what i, I gave know her. <laughs> you can apologize later <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i gave her a one for accountability a one for specificity a one for commit to fix and three points so three points overall i get basically i scored them equally i gave them each three pointers do you know what i gave her I gave her a, oops, I didn't really realize that was an apology. (laughs) So I didn't even rate it. Yeah, I kind of, I sort of, that one went over my head a little bit that that Monica also, I didn't catch that I'm sorry in there. Mm -hmm. But it did feel like, I mean, I will say overall, it felt like a very healing conversation. It did. And it, what, they weren't like big five point apologies, but I feel like you don't need those all the time. I feel like no. sometimes it's small enough that you can just hit a nice solid three pointer, which I felt they were. I know you did not and move on. And that's okay. 
but it's like the bigger things that need, you know, the full five point. Yeah. And this was a squabble. And I think the the only reason it's sort of interesting, it's sort of setting the stage, the squabble for what's going to happen for some manufacturer drama that we will see later in the episode. And it also is very, it's, it's Heather very different from she was a couple seasons ago, I feel like, where it was all about trying to like hook up with people, you know? <laughs> So, I, I mean, there was like a couple episodes where I remember her like being at parties and talking about like, you know, trying to hook up with people. And honestly, I wonder if there was fallout with her daughters at school, burritos being thrown to the windows, blah, 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 mm-hmm. like pre the book that, you know, like basically her daughters were taking shit at school because her mom was acting like a hoe on screen or whatever. And so she was like, oh, I got to shut that down in production. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's because yeah, I didn't feel like she was that sensitive about talking about sex in the previous seasons. But now all of a sudden, that's a yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I've just started her book. My goal is to have it finished by the ah, finale. That's so, so exciting. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see if you read as fast as Whitney does, because Whitney somehow managed to read it in like a 15 minute session on a, the beach recliner. So <laughs> that's how, that's what it seemed like from the from what we saw. I don't know if you know this, but she likes to read. That was the bombshell that they dropped on us last episode. That's incredible. She has <laughs> substance. So uh, they're done. They've decided to move on. Monica asks how Heather's feeling about the Meredith stuff. The fact that Meredith is being accused of creating a fake Instagram account to spread rumors about Angie. Heather says she's surprised to hear it and asks if Monica thinks Meredith really did that. Monica's kind of hesitates to answer and Heather says, what's your gut say? And Monica says she didn't think that Meredith would do that. She didn't think that any of them would do that. But then she says, I would do that shit all day. (laughs) And then we get this shocked face play from Heather. Yeah, that's such an interesting like, wait, what? Why did you just say that? (laughs) Yeah, Heather is like, don't say things like that. You would make fake accounts and send yourself DMs about us. And Monica says, no, not myself given especially what is about to come with Meredith kind of turning the tables and creating some confusion about who really did this, this moment where Monica says that she would do that shit all day was my error Error of the game. game. Nice call. (laughs) Oh, I like that. That's a really good error. Yeah, I love authentic play and I love that Monica kind of like owns that she's a mess, but I think there is such a thing as being too honest on this show. And here <laughs> she has planted the seed in Heather's and in the viewing audience's mind, um, both for this season's narrative and now one's going forward. If she earns herself some more play, that she's capable of what all the women agree is the worst type of play you can levy against one another. Oh my goodness. I didn't even... It's funny. I didn't think of that as being the error of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it really does. It puts, puts Monica in the hot seat. So Heather ITMs, it's not about the Greek mafia accusation. No one believes that it's about someone creating a fake account to spread lies and gossips gossip about us. And she says it's happened to all of them, even Meredith, but to think that a friend has done it. She says, that's the ultimate betrayal. So they turn to talking about the day and Heather says, let's turn up today which I always love that take life by the horns play style she has. And Monica says, let's have sex. And then she has to clarify that she's just kidding because she almost pisses Heather off again. Which I thought was awesome. But (laughs) again, that's another moment where Heather is the mafia boss. And like, she is the director. She is telling like, this is what we're going to do. This is how you're going to be. Yes. 
Um, so, and it is sort of like you've mentioned before that veteran player helping out a rookie. Yeah. And I think she's still irritable it, based on what we see later too. Like she re like she, I mean, not that it wasn't justified, but she really reacts very hard to what happens at the end of the episode. Yeah. So then we get a brief little FaceTime between Meredith and Seth. Meredith tells him she's struggling. Last night, everyone came after her. Lisa yelled at her and it was very, very nasty. You know, did you notice Meredith uh, has a little bit of branding play going on in the scene? To check out her jammies that oh, really? prominently say Meredith Marks. And then, of <laughs> nice. course, she's got her little pop grip that also has her M on it. <laughs> she is the branding master. I mean, she she's gets really it good. in everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Um, she says even Heather wasn't supportive, and she's trying to figure out what's really going on here and who's responsible for what. I thought this was a nice a nice moment with Seth as well. Like this was a good get your family member on for some yeah. supportive play. Yeah. Seth was very, very good here in the scene. Then we have Whitney and Angie. They're going off to play tennis. Whitney says she grew up playing tennis, though she's no Serena Williams. And tennis is great for stress. And this trip has been pretty stressful. Angie says she's not good at it, which becomes quickly apparent as we continue to watch. <laughs> oh, so they start hitting balls to take out their aggression. Um, Whitney looks pretty good. Angie keeps she missing. She does. Yeah. Yeah. I, yours, I mean, like you, you have tennis players in your family. So. Yes, we're a tennis family. <laughs> <laughs> and by that, I mean, everyone in the family plays, plays tennis other than me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was like, especially when she kind of had that, that two-handed backhand um, yeah. that she pulled out. I was like, oh yeah, like she clearly is like played for real. She did the like, ah, that you do when you hit the ball too, which mine <laughs> sounds just like pathetic or, but you know, she did that really well too. <laughs> she did. She did. Whitney says to pretend the ball is Meredith and they have Meredith's head float on screen saying, you can leave. And Angie hits the ball finally on that last exclamation. Angie, in this moment, she calls Meredith a bitch. She says, I finally got that bitch. Uh, and I thought maybe because I'm noticing it now that you've been pointing it out. And I thought maybe you can start to keep a bitch count. Maybe we could. There's going to be two different types of bitch counts, right? Because Monica uses it like when she and Whitney get out of the ocean, she's like, you know, playful bitch talk. Yeah, I think that's fine. Like the the reclaiming of the word bitch as like a, hey, bitches, like, what's up? Like, you know, I don't right. I wouldn't count that. I would count like the I wouldn't. Yeah. Just the, the angry bitches. Using it as, yeah, as an yeah. insult or whatever. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's what I don't like. They come to the net to talk about the drama with Meredith. Whitney comments that the way Meredith handled the dinner was strange. And we learn after the dinner, Meredith just had cake with them back at the estate as though nothing happened. And we kind of like see a flashback to this. And Whitney says... They really need a good accountability apology play for Meredith, and she can't just skirt by. See, they also want to use the rubric. They do. They both <laughs> think she's guilty. Whitney says it's psychotic, disassociative behavior, and Angie says it's unwell behavior. And when, right <laughs> after, I don't know if you caught this, right after Angie says that, Whitney starts laughing. Almost like she oh, thinks what, what they're saying is funny, but then they sort of cut away from it. It was very weird edit. I I would like to go back and see that moment. Um, there's also weird things going on with her boobs, but I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I did not notice the boobs. Angie acknowledges 
that Heather has to deprogram a lot from her childhood upbringing regarding sex stuff. And Whitney says she's not okay talking about her own sex life, but she's okay talking about everyone else's. And then she says in Heather's book, which she supposedly finished in all of her free time on this trip, which I don't believe, she wrote about that Heather wrote about shooting a boudoir photo shoot for Whitney and Justin. This whole this whole thing feels like a reach from Whitney. This is my manufactured drama situation going <laughs> yeah. on. And this is That's the exactly beginning. What I, put. I said it feels like manufactured drama. This is the beginning of a big discussion on and her error. Like this to me is the start of the error, error of, the game, of the game, which is Whitney's. It makes for good TV, but I still think mm. that it is an error for her to say that she has felt sex shamed by Heather because Heather doesn't want to discuss sex mm. and she is a very sex positive player. Mm-hmm. And the way we, the way it unrolls on, on this whole, what the anecdote is that's included in the book. Of course, I'm going to read it. So next two weeks from now, when we get to watch the finale, I'll, I'll come back and I will either, I will report back with either an apology to Whitney or, (laughs) or not, but it sounds like major manufactured drama that I, I don't think just because somebody else, if somebody is nasty about you being sex positive, then yes, that's sex shaming. But I don't feel like anything that's happened between Whitney and Heather and even Monica is Heather sex shaming any of them. It's her. It's clearly her. Like, I don't want to talk about this stuff on camera. Yeah. You know? And as she's talking about this, we see photos of that shoot on the screen that someone <laughs> right? had to provide to the producers <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess it was Whitney who provided those photos to the producers. She's like, she's everything she shows on screen is very sex positive that she doesn't seem to mind talking about her sex life and displaying it. So the fact that she would be that she's now saying that she's upset that Heather would talk about, quote unquote, her sex life, which a boudoir photo shoot is not your sex life. It's not your sex life. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to buy into that. She really that she is really actually feeling hurt by this. So So manufactured drama, I think. Um, but it'll lead to some nice conversation for us. So I, I think that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was it was a fun scene to watch at the end, I have to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, it a bravo, bravo, very bravo good moment. TV. Oh, it's be good. oh so it's many. Good. Like, Whitney had multiple bravo, bravo, bravo moments in this episode. Oh, I can't wait to get to it. So then Whitney says she has whiplash from all these relationships. And we see that after the commercial, we'll see Heather confront Meredith about the DMs. Dun, dun, dun. So then we get our, our little choir pops with a little steel drum mixed in. So we've got like Salt Lake City meets Bermuda. We like it. The ladies are all getting ready to go on the boat. Lisa's trying to get everyone going. Um, we've got some women standing around in the entryway with some awkward silence. Nice edit. Um, bravo, folks. And then we get lots of high heels. And I, between you and me, when I go on a catamaran, which, as you know, is a super sick, strong boat. I do not wear high heels. I don't consider those to be good boat shoes. No, I don't wear high heels, period. I don't consider them to be good shoes, period. But that's just me. 
So we've got a former bystander of the week, Jonathan, our driver, super kind, um, getting everyone loaded up on the Sprinter van. Then we get Monica dry shaving her legs, which she says is reminiscent of her hoe phase. So again, we're just getting that little glimpse into her talking about stuff, but not acknowledging maybe the depth of her hoe phase, not really giving us any character underneath that. I've done that kind of dry shaving before. It's a lot of hair and a lot of skin cells everywhere. Like it's not, it's not something you would do. Like I'll do it in my bathroom in a hurry, but I would not do that on a bus with a bunch of people. I I highly recommend a, an electric shaver for that type of, I mean, I guess you can't do it on a bus like she's doing, but I, Mm. when I want to do a dry shave, electric shaver, so much better than trying to rake a razor across your skin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's certainly something you couldn't do if you were trying to use an eco-friendly albatross razor, say, which is all metal, no plastic. We've, we are going to get the advertisements rolling in from this discussion. (laughs) Angie says, don't do the cooch on board, which seems like very good (laughs) advice. And, and, you know, more evidence that Monica really isn't afraid to bear it at all. We get a lot more beautiful Bermuda shots. And I have to say, I have never been super interested in going to Bermuda before, but I am much more interested in it after these episodes. They're doing a good job. So we get to Zara, the name of the yacht, and it is lovely. Angie brings up that the last time she was on a boat with these ladies, her her shoes ended up overboard. And we get a little flashback to Jen Shaw, it looks like, R.I.P., throwing her shoes overboard into the ocean. That was such an epic moment. I don't remember. I don't think I saw that. Was that season three? Oh, I don't remember what season it was. Probably. Yeah, it was probably yeah. season three. Because I think I watched all of season two and then I just watched maybe a third or so of season three. So I guess I need to go back and do that. Yeah. I mean, Jen Shaw was just like losing it that season. I mean, she was going through all her lawyer up play and everything. And she yeah, she just I, she just went crazy and threw Angie's shoes in the in the ocean. I don't remember anything else besides that. But it was a good moment. <laughs> So Angie ITMs that with everything going on, someone may end up sleeping with the fishes. So she gets a little, a little tally mark for naming the episode. The women are all getting their photos taken together, except Meredith, who's sitting off on her own. And Meredith ITMs that she is completely alone. She's sort of trying to nail this no man is an island metaphor, but kind of misses, but Jameson, the crew member of Zara, he says hi to everyone. (laughs) It's so windy. All the ladies are like grabbing their flowy dresses and then trying to maneuver. It's, it's tough to watch. It is tough to watch. And it is, it really reminds me of places that you go that you think are going to be super warm because they're tropical, but this is in the Atlantic and it's just, Mm. and it's winter, I'm guessing. So it's Mm. not actually super warm. It's warm enough, but on a boat also. Yeah. So the women are hanging out on the boat. We're getting introduced to the boat and like seeing the crew, lots of fun shots of that. And then I'm just going to assume that Whitney is already kind of lit by the point we see her downstairs finding the handrail and treating it as a stripper pole. And then they juxtapose that with Heather spotting birds up on deck. (laughs) (laughs) Then the meat of this section arrives. Heather and Meredith have a little sit down on the netting 
And this is good sort of, it's kind of a mix of confrontation and confidence play by Heather, I think. And she's inserting herself into that drama. Can you remind us what confidence play is? The confidence play would be like taking someone into your confidence, like confiding in them or, you know, sort of sharing some kind of a secret or a private moment with them. Okay. Does that make sense? La- yeah. Last episode, you uh, when when we were recording together, I had forgotten and I kept thinking you meant like someone was displaying conf- like confidence in themselves. I'm so confident. This is confidence play. And then when I was going back <laughs> editing, I was like, oh, now I remember what she meant by confidence That's play. That's right. <laughs> well, I wonder, does it need a different name? Does it need to be something else? I don't know. We'll think about that, we'll, listener. Yep. You get back to us too. <laughs> put it put it in the comments. <laughs> the confidence play. <laughs> I'm super good at this. Um, <laughs> so uh, she's inserting herself into that drama between Meredith and Angie, which is of unremembered origins. And Meredith avows she is not behind the DMs and accusations. Heather says she doesn't really understand Meredith's lack of reaction last night. Meredith explains that she's using what I was. I say this as a teacher, Meredith is using her think time um, to process what is going on because so much is not adding up. Mm. Think time is when you ask a question of your class and instead of like Mm -hmm. plowing through, you give them time to think it over and then come up with the answer. Another word for that is introversion. (laughs) (laughs) Those of us who are natural introverts, we just think before we speak. Oh, is that a thing? That's I, a thing. I, <laughs> I, I believe that Meredith is an introvert. And now, now that I've, and there's I, there's not a lot of introverts on reality TV, but I believe Meredith is one. Whitney might be one, but I'm not sure. Whitney. Maybe. Interesting. We're going to have to do some personality <laughs> typing. We'll have to do like a special, a special edit or special episode. I'm sure I'll just pop it in all over the place. We don't need to create time for it. I almost did a breakdown on Whitney's personality type a few minutes ago, but I was like, we're already like dragging this out. Yeah, I know. Sorry, guys. Stay stay tuned for Whitney's personality type in a later episode. (laughs) So (laughs) Meredith then drops her bombshell, which absolutely changes the tone of this entire confrontation play that's going on. And it's an excellent redirection play on her part. I'm just going to put the word play after everything they do. We learn to a background of fantastic sort of unsolved mysteries type music that on the way back from Palm Springs, Monica was sitting next to Meredith and Monica went into great details on the rumors and dirt on Angie. And then a few weeks ago at lunch between Monica and Meredith, afterwards, they were together talking about how I guess it's Park City used to run by the Greek mafia, which always leads to the editors throwing in the Greek Easter, making it rain scene. Only Angie's using dollar bills. So it's really not that exciting of a shower. So Monica asked Meredith if she thought Angie was part of that. And Meredith said she had no idea. But then she Meredith continues to explain. She gets that DM that had info similar to what Monica had said on the plane And that, she tells Heather, is why she contacted Monica about the DMs when she got them. This was this was some good play. This was very, very good play. I felt like my jaw was kind of like down this whole time. Like, what is she doing? This is wow. So this was almost my play of the game, but it was not quite my play of the game. 
Heather ITMs that this is very hard. Monica hasn't been honest about her part in this. And it's true. Monica is basically just, you know, getting in on all of these little, oh, she said this and I said that, but she's not really owning that like, oh, I actually really thought this was true too. So Monica hasn't been honest about her part. Meredith's history makes her a suspect. And just so you know, in a court of law, the judge will decide if prior similar acts can be admitted mm. as evidence or whether it's too prejudicial for impeaching the accused. We'll okay. see. So <laughs> Thank you for that. Heather, the mob boss, she comes, uh, she's sort of like mob boss slash, slash coach. And she says to Meredith, you got to take care of it. The sooner, the better. I was so, I don't even, I can't even think of the right descriptive word. I was just impressed. I was sort of idolizing uh she was meredith was like my hero player in this moment was like what is she doing i'm because i'm not sure that i believe that monica is behind this but yeah but meredith does such a good job painting the picture that it could be monica that you begin to really doubt that it was ever that it could have been meredith which last episode it was like it was like that really seems like it's meredith but now she's created so much shadow and doubt around that that it's like i don't know who it is the only because i was thinking before i got into the episode i was like how is meredith gonna how could meredith get out of this how could she turn this around because if you remember at the end of last episode i was like really worried i was like this could be the error of the season for meredith like how she She could be out of the show yeah and i was thinking you know she could do some she could say the the play i was like if i was meredith the play that i would make would to be to admit yes i received the dms and yes i alerted monica to those dms so that she could spread the information but i did not create those dms i didn't do the digging i didn't create the instagram account so i would like take accountability for half of it and then deny like the worst part and then do like some little apologies around the part, the part that you are taking. That was what I was like thinking her strategy should be, but this is so much better. I mean, this is amazing. (laughs) She's completely completely flipped flipped it. it. Yeah. Just 100% redirected it and just put it right back on Monica, which is amazing. And she creates so much doubt, which is, which she, she's just, yeah, sown these yes. little seeds. And uh, the only, one of the only legal terms I know she has created reasonable doubt. Yes. And so this yes. creation of reasonable doubt by Meredith was my play, play of, the, of game. the game. Nice. <laughs> nice. This is an amazing play. I agree. But that basically, yeah, that takes us up to, uh, up to the next commercial. Yeah. So we come back from commercial and Jameson, the little crew member, is welcoming them to Long Island, not to be confused with the Long Island in New York. They each get tacos to eat, and Meredith grabs Monica to talk privately. Before she can eat her taco, which makes Monica yes. very sad. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I rewatched this again last night. Mm. at like 9 30 and i was like oh i'm totally eating a taco tomorrow like i gotta get a taco <laughs> there is taco so now. much suggestion from this show that comes into <laughs> my life like i haven't become a crazy like confrontation play person but i see them like drinking you know and i'm like i need i need a cocktail i see you know like so i'm right? like there's definitely a lot of like power of suggestion yeah so meredith asks monica how this has turned into how the whole thing has turned into Meredith telling Monica that Angie is in the mafia and Meredith 
is the one sending Monica the DMs. Monica says she never said that Meredith was the one sending them. This is like the Bill Clinton defense. It depends on what your definition of is is. So <laughs> that's how I feel about Monica. It was kind of Lisa who did it. And then, but Monica backed that up. Monica right. was like, oh, I see what you're saying, Lisa. Well, I'm like, well, yeah, hmm, well, that's an interesting take. Yeah. So she's just sort of like, she's kind of planted her own seeds and sort of let it like, she she's going to let it ride on people's assumptions. Yes, yes. Monica says she and Meredith really did have a conversation about Angie being in the mafia that felt very serious to her and that Meredith was saying, I know how we can find out. And they were both Googling things together. Meredith says, I did not really think that. And Monica says, what? And then we get a shot of the ladies elsewhere on the boat hearing this and like glancing at one another and like looking back at them. And then for the rest of this argument, you were kind of like going back and forth between Monica and Meredith arguing and then shots of the women with like their face play, which was great. It (laughs) was, it really was. They're really only like like 10 feet away, maybe less. And so they can hear the entire conversation. Monica is going on about all the different things they discussed regarding Angie and the finances and the Greek mafia. And Meredith says, this is all stuff you told me, Monica. And so she's she's turning things around again. She's yep. turning things around to Monica. And she's making sure it's on camera. It's being caught. It's on camera and everyone can overhear it 10 feet away yep. to on the other side of the boat. And Monica ITMs that she thought Meredith was her friend. And now she's leaving her hanging out here to dry. <laughs> Lisa yells from where the other ladies are. Stop lying, Meredith. Meredith denies that she's lying and Lisa continues to go in on her just like at the dinner. Don't do this to Monica. You did it to Whitney. You've done it to me. You've done it to all of us. You're a liar. Stop. Um, Lisa just keeps going in on her and she says that Meredith is losing all her friends because she can't stop lying. I have to say I love confrontation, Lisa. She's really fun. I do too. I do too. I think she's great. She's just like, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna, yeah. She's just in there and I enjoy it. Heather asks if Monica gets a pass because she participated too. And Lisa says she doesn't get a pass, but at least she's being honest about it. And I think this was great pot stirring by Heather Mm. to basically just sit there and say like, well, what about this? Mm. And she's making sure that Meredith isn't the only one on the hot seat And I don't think Lisa is actually holding Monica accountable mentally. I think Lisa's sort Mm. of like, oh, sure, we have to, but I'm not really. Mm, Could be, yeah. Meredith says this is exhausting. And Angie jumps into it to start going after Meredith also. And we get this great shot of both Angie and Lisa yelling at Meredith over each other at the same time. Angie says she owns the streets of Salt Lake City because she is a fucking reputable businesswoman. (laughs) Which is funny. I was excited about this line when she started it. I was like, oh, she owns the streets of Salt Lake City. You know, and I was like, what's she going to say here? And then it kind of fell flat. (laughs) I was like, uh. (laughs) She's a reputable reputable businesswoman. It doesn't excite you. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, maybe we could have added in like a badass business bitch. Ooh, nice alliteration. (laughs) Something. Something a little more. I don't know. I get. Yeah. I got what she was going for, though. I'd much rather we idolize that type of businesswoman than yes. the Jen Shaws out there. But just the way she said it, right. I was like, oh, meh. So Whitney says the story doesn't add up, and she believes Monica because of her participation in rumors and gossip with Meredith last year, and she sees the pattern. 
Lisa says you look guilty. <laughs> oh, I, I, I missed that. That's that was funny. before Whitney's like, so I was just like, okay. So to add to your exciting um, <laughs> reasons why we're judging someone. She like, looks guilty. You look guilty. Uh, <laughs> you did this last year. So I think it's you. Uh, what else? It's a pattern. Okay. We're done. You're guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa says if anything appears about any of them, she's going to think Meredith did it too, because it's a pattern and she's sick of it. She walks off, but not too far because they're stuck on a yacht. <laughs> Anger on a boat. <laughs> Anger on a boat. Meredith is starting to get pissed off. She's tired of hearing that because that's incorrect. And she's very irritated about everyone narrating me. Don't narrate me. She's getting really fucking pissed off. And she stalks off maybe to the bottom of the boat. Maybe, maybe around to the other side. <laughs> I don't know. Aft, stern. With that, we cut to commercial. We got to commercial and I don't know if you saw, but both on Insta and TikTok, I did a little video of Meredith saying, don't narrate me with my <laughs> request that someone please put her face in this moment on a t-shirt with that phrase. Don't narrate, don't narrate me. me. And I, I don't know if don't do the cooch on board would make a good t-shirt or not, but maybe. <laughs> so this is our t-shirt line. If people want to start designing t-shirts. We come back from commercial um, to more dark, ominous tones in our music. So more of this CSI or the work that Jason Siegel's character does on Forgetting Sarah Marshall for his little crime drama. Meredith ITMs, I know who I am. If you want to believe this woman over me, that's on you. Lisa, possibly getting a little nudge from the producers, who knows, is basically like, you know what? We're on this beautiful boat. I want to have fun. We're not getting anywhere. So we see Whitney taking their, her extensions out. And I didn't know that hair extensions like was something you could easily like take on and off like that. I think it depends on the type. Yeah. You think it's because like these are high end? I don't know. That they were like attached. <laughs> there's just there's different hair. ways to attach them. But I've seen yeah. the one I've seen the one that Whitney's using. I've seen that advertised in my in my social media feeds. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how I got there. Too much viewing of Real Housewives. Angie starts wearing the extensions as a grass skirt. Heather's cackling as Angie dances. Yes. And Angie wearing Whitney's hair as a skirt was my uh, fashion, fashion play, play of, of the game. game. Uh, 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 nice. That was good fashion. You're right. That was a good call. Very I mean, good she call. Got, she got put in the previews for the episode for it. So, you know, it's good. Right. There you go. Work it. Yeah, so Whitney and Monica jump into the ocean. Um, when they come out, uh, Monica tells Whitney that she basically needs to hose out her crotch from ocean water, something I've never been advised to do, and I've never suffered any consequences from not doing. Yet. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little bit more of Whitney and her sex positive play. So it's interesting. We have often on scene the editors highlight this element of Whitney's personality. And I think in the episodes where we don't see it, I think it's still there. And maybe it's just not something that's making it into the cut because I think that's part of who she is and, and it's celebrated. But they're really using it in this episode, I think, for that final confrontation. They've really, you know, it must be so interesting to have all of this footage and to go and shape it by the way you mm. edit it. And I think that was a very conscious choice for this episode. For sure. 
Meredith finds Angie and she sits down and she says, you know, I think we do need to talk. And the reason I called Monica and she goes into that whole thing, the info on the DMs was similar to what she had already told me. And Angie kind of pushes back and she says, you know, I got fraudulent DMs. I wouldn't talk about it with people and I'm not a fraud and you may be scared of me. Meredith says, I'm not scared of you. You're just always yelling and loud and it's very unpleasant. (laughs) Then she says, basically, I'd like to reset and you need to know I am not out to get you. Angie accepts this as the truth from Meredith, sort of. She has her little ITM saying she's dubious whether Meredith is somebody we can really trust, but she's willing to let her demonstrate that. She's taking accountability. And so she's just going to kind of go forward with that. And that was also an error, I think, for Angie to take it so easily and to let Meredith off the hook so quickly. But on the other hand, nobody knows where this started anymore. So maybe it's a good thing. (laughs) I mean, I kind of agree. It was an error. I'm surprised that was so easy between them. Whenever Angie gets something even close to an apology, she just says, thank you. And she leaves it, but she's not really, you can tell she's not done being upset because it always comes out in the ITM that she's like still upset. So I feel like she needs to learn how to finish out those conversations and keep hashing things out and be like, that's not enough. Like, I'm still upset about this or that and like really finish that out. Yeah, I think she's um, she is not she she is okay at starting a confrontation, but she's not very good at finishing it. Um, And we saw that kind of at the pirate dinner, how like even in her voice, you could tell. Yeah, it's not, you know, like it's not her comfort zone. Yeah. Meredith comes to Heather and Lisa makes a little joke about talking to Angie and Angie's going to take a hit out on her. And that joke sort of falls flat with everyone. Yes. They're back on land and they're on the bus. And Whitney says, we have two hours to get ready for dinner at this place called Blue. And now on this bus, mm. the most baller move I saw this episode mm. was Meredith going down and sitting with Lisa little whisper, whisper, whisper session. Mm -hmm. And this was my play Play of the game. game. So she's going back to just tell Lisa that Brooks has signed with a Ford modeling agency because she knows that that would be something Lisa would be excited to hear. Um, Meredith just learned it 30 minutes ago on the butt, on the bus, on the boat. And Meredith says, you know, and uh, he asked how things were going. And I told him a little bit about what's going on. And he said, lean into Lisa. She knows who you really are. Mm -hmm. And I do. I love the comfort of these two women together. Lisa is like, you know, just reaching over and adjusting a bracelet on Meredith's wrist, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's just a nice comfort and sort of friend intimacy there. That's really great. Monica is really put off by this. She gives this big wow. And then she ITMs about now how Meredith is kissing Lisa's ass. And is this sort of is is Monica seeing what Meredith is doing as a play and a manipulation? Yes. It was to see Meredith working Lisa like that. I mean, that was, that just cinched. I was like, this is an amazing player. We have not given Meredith enough credit like this. She, oh. I can't believe I thought that, that, that play last episode would sink her. This was like, Lisa was just going ballistic on her on the boat. And she manages just to work in this little intimate moment with her. Yeah. I, chef's kiss to that. That was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> I mean, I, I thought this is a baller move. Like this was just amazing play. 
So we then get some more sex positive play from Whitney discussing Justin's nice nose for going down. I imagine the last few days at work have been not fun for Justin. <laughs> so I, like for him and the guy who confessed to wanting to leave the Mormon church at Heather's book party, say we're sorry. Well, did you watch what season was it in it where Whitney and Justin do the whole like body painting sex scene? So that must that was definitely in season three, and I did not. Uh, okay, maybe, so it's like yeah. I feel like Justin's up for this stuff. Yeah, good <laughs> point. Saying. Good point. Good I mean, point. I mean, he and he and Whitney do make a very lovely couple. So he's he is also a sex positive player. So I'm sure. Maybe he's he's happy for the accolades that are coming his way. Yes. And when Heather, who's sitting in the seat right in front of Whitney, hears about Justin's nice nose for going down on her, she makes a tongue out face play. And then she transitions to covering her face with the straw hat. And I thought this double face play was my face play face of play the, of game. the game. You know, I love a good double face play where you switch from one expression to another. Uh, in this case, it was one expression to a covered expression, but I, I thought it was excellent. That I, I totally missed the tongue out business. And that is it was very awesome. quick. It was very brief. That- I got a shot of it, though. I'll put it on our Instagram. Real Housewives of Bend, Oregon. Two viewers are better than one. And so again, I think we're, we're, we're seeing more of this manufactured drama edit on Whitney and her grievances about being sex shamed. So, and and she then ITMs that she is being shamed instead of being empowered. And then on the bus, Whitney says in that moment, and she, I think she's probably a little tipsy and she says, I am so confused Heather by your boundaries. And Heather says, same there's like yeah like i agree like they don't make sense some things make me uncomfortable some things don't yeah so again that just solidifies that this to me is mds and this is this whitney's behavior here is the error of the game which i've already said and i i i did put in a little note here i don't i don't like that whitney is deciding that people not wanting to talk about sex, that that is shaming her when she does. I don't think that is helpful for sex positive people and for people who are not as comfortable with sex and their sexuality. So that's my feelings. Monica is then, we're back at the house. Monica is in with Andy, who is Whitney's glam person. And Whitney comes in asking if she can jump the queue, basically. And this is another very unglam moment that, you know, like it's in, in its way, it is kind of a bravo, bravo, bravo moment because mm. Whitney's, her complexion is so very different than what mm-hmm. we see when she has been glammed. And I love getting to see, like, no, I would not be shocking unglammed because people see me unglammed all the time. <laughs> but for the viewers, it's such a like, oh, that's a, that's a difference. That's a real difference. So yeah. it's nice. It's nice to sort of take off the airbrushing for the viewer and be like, we're actually human beings. We shouldn't hold ourselves to these standards unless we're willing to take the time and money to glam ourselves. To have a glam team follow us around, yes, and make us look yeah. perfect every day. Yep. yep. So Monica talks to Whitney in this moment about the bus ride and how crazy it was to have Lisa talking with Meredith. And she thinks this is Meredith making another play because Meredith knows that Monica is no longer her henchman. Is this more spin? Is this a good play for Monica or does she really think it? 
it turns out to be relatively good play by Monica in this moment because Whitney, she's kind of got Whitney on her side, mm-hmm. believing that Meredith isn't going to get away with it anymore. And she's sort of like agreeing with Monica's theory that this is Meredith trying to spin it and take the narrative back. So, yes. Yeah. I don't think Meredith has won everyone over to her side, but she's at least got a couple people. And yeah, we've kind of like, it's now like split down the middle. It almost feels like. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, coming back from commercial, we've got some interesting whistling music I haven't heard before. Uh, We have shots (laughs) of the women getting ready and we see a shot of Whitney. And when I saw her face all done up and I contrasted it to what we just saw before the commercial, I knew I just had to give Andy, Whitney and Monica, that's Whitney and Monica's makeup person, my bystander of the week week. because (laughs) that's an amazing transformation. Yeah. I was, I was like, oh, I almost had forgotten what Whitney looked like when she was done up because I'd just seen her like not. To, I was like, wow, that is impressive. Great work to Andy. So Angie and Meredith are down first, ready for the dinner. They are awkwardly friendly with each other and just exchanging pleasantries about their sparkly purses. They all brought it with the fashion tonight. Everyone's outfits were just amazing. Well, I really loved Heather's wrap dress and the fabulous gold nugget outline earrings, sort of. It was like the squiggly gold shape. Mm, and, those earrings were fun, yeah. And they go way below her shoulders and that just delighted me. And then I noticed later at the restaurant, her eyeshadow really matches that sort of pale sage that mm. is mixed in with the gold on her wrap dress. So- I thought that was really a stunning combination that all worked really well together. And it was my fashion Fashion play play of the week. 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 Yeah. I was kind of glad I already picked my fashion play of the game because I was having a hard time choosing at this dinner. I was like, Ooh, I like so many of those outfits. (laughs) So they arrive at the dinner and they're all taking selfies at the table. I imagine this happens everywhere, every time they get somewhere, but the, t- the amount of time that they lingered on it here and showed us so many shots of it was really funny. And then they have a series of ITMs, Whitney ITMs, that her phone tells her she's taken 7,297 selfies. And then we get Heather and a producer asks her to look at her phone and see how many selfies she's taken. And she has taken 11,205 selfies. And then we go to Lisa and I'm like, oh my gosh, Lisa, me, monster, Barlow. This is going to be great. How many selfies has she taken? And it is. 28,802 selfies. And so I stopped. I was like, I have to put this into perspective. I don't know how long, like how long it tracks for, how long, you know, it's an iPhone, right? And so I was thinking around, I was like, when did, when did, we get the technology in our hands to be up for our phones to be able to say this is a selfie this is a whatever i thought maybe around like 2015 that's when i remember that's when i remember like facebook coming out with like face recognition and stuff so i was like yeah, the, the longest time this could be for it probably is less but the longest time this could be yeah. for that she's got this tracking going on is from 2015 so it's like 8 years so i did the calculations that's 3600 selfies per year which is 300 per month, which is 10 per day, which is doable. Like That's I can take doable. 10 selfies per day. It really have to. You know, I think it, we should shorten the years though. I think, I think yeah, it's at, probably far fewer years. That's probably about five fewer years. And I guess it, it if you stay with Apple, it'll, you it know, it'll keep on. It. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure so, how it works. I don't know. But I went to dinner last night with my cybersecurity team. Uh-huh. And I was telling him about this scene in the show. And I asked him, because I don't have an iPhone, so I can't check my number right. of selfies. So I asked him <laughs> if he could check how many selfies he's taken. And he, I, the number was higher than I thought it would be. He has 14. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> and so we looked at them and almost almost all of them are from this like uh, fitness program he did last year with like a group of people where you had to, at the end of like every week, you had to send a selfie of yourself <laughs> doing something. So he, and then like three of them were his daughter had like taken his phone and taken a selfie of both of them. And so there was only like three that were actually him taking a selfie. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I love it. I, I thought I had put it up on the socials, Insta. but I saw it on Insta yours. Yeah. I, I have 29 selfies, uh, according to my phone, but one of those is a picture of, I took the cover off the bathroom fan and shot a photo of <laughs> the engine so that I could get the model number. And that for some reason, for is some a reason well. came out as a selfie. That's yeah, really low. Yes. I mean, you, I mean, yeah. you, you and my cybersecurity team are in the same Gen X, uh, generation. So maybe yeah. there's less selfies in that. I do take a lot of selfies. I don't know how many. I'm sure it would not compete with these players. Why um, does your phone not keep track of it? It's just not, I just couldn't, I couldn't find it. If anyone knows how to do it on Android, let me know. I was able to go into Google Photos say, and search selfies and they came up, but it yeah. didn't like count them for me. Mm. But I usually, my selfies are with the kids. I just have lots and lots yeah. of selfies. Most of mine are with ones. other, yeah, like with my family members, so. Yeah. Well, we need to get on you taking more selfies. That's my takeaway. I guess so. I guess so. That's that's the uh, that's the takeaway from all of this. <laughs> so they all order. Monica has a migraine. So as Monica's has this migraine, she's wondering out loud if she could be having a stroke, and that leads to Heather talking about how she had Bell's palsy, where half of your face gets paralyzed. Um, which again, she talks about in her book, which I honestly, I I'm realizing this episode, how little I remember of her book. So you'll have to report back. All right. Well, I thought this was some pretty good IFI work on both Monica. Like Mm. Monica tried a little IFI and and Heather took it, swept it away. (laughs) But this is a really, when I was watching this episode and she mentioned her Costco card, I was just like, because I was in Costco a couple of days ago and I try and only go there like once every three months. And I literally had that thought, like, I wonder if the Real Housewives, like, I just was picturing them shopping in Costco and what that would look like. So they are, they are like tapped into our brains. It's really scary. <laughs> Monica begins some confrontation play with Meredith. She wonders why Meredith is all buddy-buddy with Lisa on the bus and won't even look at Monica. And this is sort of playing into her victim victim play, too. She's like, why am uh, I not yeah, getting yeah. the same treatment here, right? Meredith yeah. says, am I not allowed to sit down and talk with Lisa? What's wrong with that? This is a little gas gaslighting play. Lisa says she came very hard today, but it's it's like a sister thing. She can be like, die, bitch, to her sisters and go shopping five minutes later. Monica is upset that Meredith and Lisa can just come back together like that, but Meredith won't even look at Monica and there's not the same ability to move on. Meredith awkwardly changes the subject and asks about everyone's summer travel plans. And Lisa talks about Jack's mission and she has some tear play. She plays her PTC that he's never really coming home again. And the thought of not having him is hard for her. That was a really sweet moment. I liked that moment. I think all parents can 
Yeah. Relate to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We cut to Monica and she's still looking upset. Uh, They all decide to move on to a bar and we see the flash forward of Whitney going after Heather in a parking lot, yelling that she exploited Whitney's vagina in her book. Mm, I feel like there should be like photos then in the book. (laughs) So maybe by checking it out from the library, I will miss out on that. Mm. They, um, we come back from commercial and they are at the oldest bar on the island, the Swizzle Inn, which reminded me a lot on the island of Fayal in the Azores. There's a bar in Horta, which is where sort of all the sailors have come through for the last hundred years um, called Peter Cafe Sport. It has that same kind of feel. It's really mm-hmm. neat. Dollar bills all over the ceiling. Everyone is just doing more selfies. We get a lot more selfie play. There's a fun one where like Angie and Monica are doing one and Heather kind of photo bombs and is like, here's your grandmother. And she did some funny face play there. I didn't really nominate a face play of the game. The very obvious one was, of course, when she was ITMing about her Costco card. And so that would have been good face play of the game from Heather. So they get a jug of swizzles for everyone. There seem to be some very excited bystanders in the back. um, And I don't know if they're excited by the Bravo liberties or by the fact that somebody said swizzle jugs of swizzles for everyone. (laughs) Or the fact that there's like cameras in all over. Everywhere. Yeah. Right. And so they, those bystanders were my bystanders, bystanders of, the week of the week for all of their cheering and, and whatnot for their uh, enthusiasm for housewives. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Angie asks if they should play a game. And not surprisingly, we get a lot of face play from Heather and Meredith and a lot of crickets. Uh, nobody wants to play a game. I'm always trying to imagine what's actually going on in this moment because there's a, you know, there's some producers around like, is a producer like, Hey, you guys, can someone recommend playing a game? And then <laughs> someone's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. Hey guys, want to play a game? And okay, everyone's and like, like, no, uh, <laughs> no, no. And then another producer says, Hey, somebody ask who's read Heather's book. That's what that felt like too. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So yeah. So Lisa asks that and uh, Heather, of course, jokes that it doesn't matter who's read it. It only matters if they've bought it. And they ask how many she sold. And she's like, it's in the tens of thousands. And of course, this is before the season came out. So mm. there wasn't as much publicity around it. Um, but then the lights flicker. And Heather makes a joke about being prideful. And that was a sign from God. Mm. Then Whitney launches her confrontation play, which is why the book question felt a little bit like a producer send in. And she says, you know, I have read your book and it's hard for me that you're basically sex shaming Monica me. And yet in your book, you openly write about my sexuality. Heather defends. Look, I wrote that book. It's not about your sexuality. I told an anecdote about how we met that you solicited me to do boudoir photos. Whitney stays on her same train her MDS train and says it's hypocritical that you'll write about my sex life, but not talk about your own. I, I disagree. <laughs> like if someone is going to write in front of me, put their sex life and and make it public, then I think it's okay. It's fair game. Right. So, yeah. Well, and especially I, maybe you're about to say this, but at some point Heather's like you, I ran this by you and you said it was okay for me to write. And that's where to me, that's like the big thing. Like, if someone yeah. says it's okay for you to do this, they can't come back later and be like, why'd you do that? You know, they might be like, I made a mistake. I wish you hadn't, but like you can't. Right. Yeah. It's that was a lot. Mm, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like, yeah, Whitney says Heather didn't ask her permission, which is like totally bullshit because a publisher wouldn't take that to print without a release from Whitney on that. And Heather does say you looked at it, you read it four times and you asked me to take certain things out. And I did. And then Whitney's like, well, you're missing the point. <laughs> you won't talk about your sex <laughs> I'm life. I'm missing the point like, too. I, I'm, I don't get it. Right? <laughs> yeah. So you'll exploit my sex life to make money. And so Heather's got some great ITMs through all of this. You know, like I talked about, it's not about her sex life, just about when she hired me and that's how we met. And is Whitney taking credit for my book being a bestseller because she's in it? So all the other women are just sitting around kind of observing delivering some interesting face play. Yeah. I, I, I said that as well in my notes. I, I liked it. Monica's kind of playing with lip. Like yep, oh, she's got a little lip thing going on. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so Heather says Whitney sounds like an idiot, which I didn't think was nice the way Heather was talking to Whitney there. Whitney calls her a hypocrite. And I didn't like this me monster moment from Heather either. I am a New York times best-selling author. And I think you're a ridiculous bitch. That was rough. Wasn't her best moment. (laughs) Bitch count for this episode too. Nice. And I like the way Whitney says, she says, you're a hypocrite. The way she says that. Yeah. And there was like some face play in there too. I got a shot of it. Good, 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 good. Cause that was, that was a very entertaining moment. And that's where it was like, she seems to be just having playful manufactured drama almost. Like this seems like she's almost like like tipsy and just like having fun, like stirring the pot just for fun. Yeah. I, and again, at some point I do want to go into Whitney's, what I believe her personality type is. And we can talk about that then. But, um, so I, sometimes I, I wonder, I'm like, is she really upset? It's possible she could be based on what I think her personality type is, but it does, it just seems, it seems manufactured. Yeah. So Heather tries to move some tall stools to get out of the little kind of corner she's sort of stuck in. Uh, An empty one falls down and she tries to move past Whitney. And I will just tell you, I've had some experience with tall stools in a casino on carpet and they can fall down easily. Mm. I just want you to know that. And they can make you seem drunker than you are when they Mm. fall down when you're moving around with them because they don't scoot. It's really, and they're top heavy. So anyway, so we, there is, I did go back and watch this a few times to see like, was there a push? What was going on? And I did finally catch that Whitney does kind of have her hand out on Heather there. And it it looks like she did push her a little bit or was trying to maybe hold her off. I don't know. When we watched it in the previews, you know, I had watched the the preview over and over again and I, I couldn't see Whitney doing anything. But this time, the first time, so I wonder if something was cut out of the preview. This time, the first time I watched it through, I saw that Whitney's hand was clearly there on Heather's shoulder. And it doesn't necessarily look like she was shoving her, but she she may have been just enough to put her off balance. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. 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 Especially since we've already knocked over a bar stool and everything. So, yeah. Heather gets this like, why are you pushing me? And Whitney accuses Heather of taking one of her shoes. I don't know. I feel like it would have been like instant replay from different angles. Oh yeah. They, they had put cameras up in all of the angles. That's an error on the error on the part of producers, man. We only could have seen that from different angles, (laughs) that tiny little bar. (laughs) So I thought Heather made a very good, she had a great exit line. Like you're wearing your sexuality right now. Own it. And that, like, Heather is furious. We've got a great bravo, bravo, bravo moment as the camera starts out after Heather. 
Whitney mm-hmm. kind of struts back towards the women like she's done with all of this. But then we get to see her outside in the parking lot continuing her argument. So I feel like she may have been encouraged to keep going. It isn't fair you sex shame Monica, but exploited my sexuality in your book. So Heather is just trying to get away from her. I don't want to talk to you. You're drunk and crazy. And that's when we get that great line from Whitney. You exploited my vagina in your book. (laughs) Heather yells at a producer who I believe is Lori to get Whitney away from her. Whitney's trying to continue her aggressive confrontation play, accusing Heather of running away because Heather knows that Whitney's right Finally, Whitney retreats and we have Lori over there with Heather. And Heather's like, I just need to be alone. I need to stop and take a think. <laughs> the producer's like, I can't leave you alone, but I'll stop talking. I'll just stay here. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and that, that is, is the wonderful explosive ending to that episode. Yeah. I'm not sure we've seen Heather kind of lose it like that at the end there where she was just like, I just want to think I just, you know, like that. I'm not yeah. sure we've, we've seen that side of her before. She usually seems to, you know, maybe she'll like lose it a little bit in confrontation, but, um, right. It seemed like she was just like, this is too much. She couldn't take it. It was, uh, yeah. She is not one to was, usually like, I got to just get away from this shit right now. I got to be yeah. out of here. Part of me wonders if what's about to happen with the, the, in the finale has already started. She started hearing things about it and the irritation and stress from that is bleeding through to these other things. So this is a theory that I have, which is that because she has already, like she's getting phone calls from somebody. So she has clearly started some sort of, she has activated her own cybersecurity team, I believe, (laughs) or her own investigative team to Mm -hmm. learn something about something. And and I think you're right. I think she's probably kind of stressed out about that. And it almost... You almost wonder if that happened that moment on the beach in the morning. She talked to Monica and maybe mm-hmm. after Monica said what she did about like, well, I would do that. Maybe Heather was like, bing. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm almost like, oh, I wonder if, you know, Heather just at that moment. And then the next day she finds out the, what we the, don't know. I she don't finds know. out, but we're guessing. You don't know. So, my my biggest fear is that it has absolutely nothing to nothing do with to do any with that. of these dramas. <laughs> Could be. So <laughs> speaking of that, now we get our scenes from the finale in two weeks. Uh, we see it's the last day in Bermuda. They're driving mopeds around. Monica hits a car or she almost does. We see Heather getting off that phone call that has been teased from the beginning of the season and something big is happening here. And this is what we're thinking it maybe has to do with what's been in the news, but we don't know. And someone has schemed and Heather and everyone confronts this person. And we're left to wonder, is it Meredith? Is it Monica? What is happening? Who is it? Receipts, proof, timeline, everything that proves that you are a fucking bully. (laughs) (laughs) it looks like it's going to be good i'm i am definitely looking forward to it and i'm glad we both thought it might be during the holiday week next week during like between christmas and new year's which you're out of town for but now we've we've learned no it will not be until january 2nd so you will be in town and we can do it together and i'm very excited i am super duper excited okay so we're very excited about what's coming up but now we have to figure out who were our mvps Mm, yes well yes yes Four, her play of the week. 
creating the confusion around the Instagram DMs and shifting the possible blame over to Monica for her confrontation play to the ladies on the yacht and telling them not to narrate her and for her friendship play with Lisa and being able to get back on her good side and sort of semi-patch things up with Angie without needing to play a single apology, Meredith was my MVP. I'm super excited about that. I thought uh, I had two really strong candidates for MVP. One of them was Meredith because she really moved the ball on so many fronts and had a lot of great conversations with women's with women's, the women's. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she didn't come all the way back in this episode, but she came way further than I thought possible. And she like sufficiently muddied the waters around the, the Instagram DM, DM enough that it's a lot harder to pin the blame on her. So good. Well, I thought that for, for being the crime boss mafia Don that she is in talking with Monica and telling her to turn up, and for stirring the pot on the boat and helping Meredith make some headway with the ladies for pushing Meredith to do that. And then for creating a whole lot of drama at dinner, Heather got my MVP. Oh, Heather, week. okay. Yeah, I think um, they both did a lot of work in, in these episodes, but I just... I just I felt like I felt like Meredith was too obvious. And so I had to give it to Heather, basically. <laughs> Heather, uh, honestly, she does put a lot of good, solid play in all the time. And though she hasn't like stuff hasn't necessarily centered around her. I think she's she's not a lot of the time. She's a good she's just a good choice because she's always. Yeah, she's always just putting in the solid work. She's got a relationship, some yes. sort of a relationship with everyone. She always has her comedic ITMs. ITMs. Yeah. Yeah. And she really, uh, she did a good job of, you know, she was like negotiating the peace accord here, you know, for Meredith and mm. for Angie and also with my, you know, like, so she was sort of ins- inserting herself in places where she wasn't naturally already. Yeah. Which I think is good play. She got involved for sure. Yeah. Yeah. She makes for good TV. <laughs> and I think that she is going to make for very good TV next week. Yes, I, weeks, I just two think weeks from now. two weeks, two weeks, our Bermuda Triangle themed dinner party. I love it. Uh, oh, <laughs> I yeah. love a theme dinner. A theme dinner just I've gets le- me super I've happy. i that about you. I have. <laughs> <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle theme is a little bit of a stretch, but we'll see how they pull that off. Yeah, the, the table setting is awkward, but you know, it'll be fun. So in the meantime, I would love it. If you're listening, please share us with your friends. Please follow us on social media, Real Housewives of Bend, Oregon. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or whatever you use to listen to us. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcast device is. Oh, yeah, subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode. It also helps, you know, whatever it's called. What are those things called? Metrics? I don't know. Sure. Or algorithm. Algorithm. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We're working on our charades act, and we're going to take that on the road, too. (laughs) Um, that'll be a big part of when we do live podcasts someday. Uh, it has been, I will, I will miss you, um, next week. Um, but I hope you have a really wonderful holiday. Yes. Everyone have a wonderful holiday and a wonderful new year. And we'll see you in 2024 at the Bermuda. Bermuda Triangle. Yes. That's it. (laughs)